and we're going to read just one portion of scripture from verse 11 of Exodus chapter 33. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It is so good to be here, and while we are few in number, it's just a blessing to know that we're making our way back into corporate worship. San Francisco is the home of the Major League Baseball team we know as the Giants. They've had great players throughout the history of that organization. And in recent years, they constructed a new stadium called Oracle Park. Oracle Park is located in San Francisco on the banks of San Francisco Bay. It's one of the most beautiful stadiums to watch a game. I only know that because I have TV. I've never had the pleasure of traveling to San Francisco. One of the unique characteristics of this fallacious park called Oracle is outside of the stadium they have a section behind the right field wall that they call the McCovey Cove. And it gained its name and notoriety, notoriety from one of its greatest players who ever donned the uniform for the San Francisco Giants, none other than Willie McCovey, who they called Stretch McCovey. And he could hit some titanic shots, and his awesome feats on the field has earned him a place in the National or the Major League Hall of Fame. Now, one of the things that you're able to do if you are an attendee at the Oracle Stadium is that you are allowed to sit in a paddle boat in the San Francisco Bay, right outside of Wright Field, where Willie McCovey hit some of his longest Titanic home run shots. And these spectators will sit in these paddle boats, and if you ever, what I know of San Francisco, it's always cold at night, especially around the bay. These fans sit in these paddle boats for nine innings or longer waiting for a player to hit a home run shot into the McCovey Cove. You can do that for weeks, months, and never see a home run 
hit that far into the San Francisco Bay over the right field fence. And when you do, here's the, the honor that you earn. You get to jump into that frigid water <laughs> and apprehend a wet ball. And so the question for me as I thought about these fans that sit in these paddle boats for days, sometimes uh, for as long as a homestand may, may last, nine innings or more, what would make somebody sit for that long, waiting for a baseball that may never come? The, the answer to that question may surprise you. The fans simply say, just in case. <laughs> there, there just might be a home run. There might be one of those Titanic shots. And so we don't want to be somewhere else just in case just in case. When we come to Exodus chapter 33, we are invited by the Holy Spirit into a scene in Israel history where we have a just-in-case moment. The nation of Israel is situated in a place called the Sinai Desert, not far from where they are located in this wilderness place is the promised land that God had promised to Abraham some 400 years earlier. And they are on the brink of entering in, and their great leader Moses is now aged, and he's already aware that he will never enter into the land that he has led the, the nation of Israel for 40 years. And finally, that time is arriving but Moses is not going to enter in. But what caught my attention in all of the activities and excitement that was, a, that was on the horizon for the nation of Israel is what is recorded in verse 11. And here are the words again that I, was, that I already read, but just for the sake of iteration or reiteration. Let me just read. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. That's pretty significant, wouldn't you say? As a man speaks to a friend and he would return to the camp, but here's the part. But his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, here's the part, did not depart. From the tabernacle. I want you to underline those words. Joshua did not depart from the tabernacle. When all of the activities were over, Joshua rested his head outside of the tabernacle just in case. <laughs> just in case God might show up and show out. Joshua didn't want to miss what God might do. This wasn't about standing in the long line waiting for the first iPhone just so you can say you got it. Uh, 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 this was not about uh, 
waiting for the first PlayStation uh, that is coming offline. But this was far greater. Joshua hung around the temple, the place where God personally chooses to manifest his presence just in case. I hope you came this morning with a just-in-case spirit. I hope you understand that if you, if, if you just wait, you may not catch a ball, but I, I de declare to you, if your heart is right, and if you respond, Jesus said, I'm standing at the door, and I'm knocking. If you allow me in, just in case you allow me in, I will come in. Hallelujah. And I will fellowship with you, Joshua had a just-in-case spirit. Now, this is not even the sermon I wrote. I wrote an entire sermon, took a whole day and a half, and then the Lord said at 8 o'clock last night, uh-uh, that's not it. I want you to write a just-in-case sermon. Some of us can't experience the power and the presence of God because we don't have just in case. This might be the day. He, he, he could burst through the cloud. This might be the day, just, just in case. Now, what's significant about the, timber, the tabernacle, uh, uh, the place where God's people were gathered? Uh, let me just share some things that are significant. It was The tabernacle was a place that was made by human hands that were anointed by God for service. And so the, the building was special because those who had been instructed and given the design for how this edifice was supposed to be made, they were specifically and specially empowered and gifted by God. It was a sacred place, a holy place. The tabernacle was a temporal place uh, where God manifested his presence, uh, it was it, the tabernacle represents what the church building represents. It was a physical, physical, visible, tangible example or representation of the presence of God in the community. Wherever you saw the church, wherever you saw the tabernacle, it meant that God, God was there. The tabernacle was a place of fellowship and instruction, a place of edification and sanctification. It's a place where you come, a local assembly where you come for repentance and, and, and forgiveness and, and reconciliation. And it's, it's a place where God's people get cleansed. It's a place you come to get healing. It's a place where you cry out to God in prayer. It's a place where you can touch and agree on anything on earth. And if you believe touching and agreeing, God said, gather together in my name. We're two and, or three are gathered together in my name. The tabernacle represents what the church is in modern times in the Old Testament. was a physical, tangible, physical, visible representation of God. It was a place where God released his power at any time the Spirit of God could break out and people would find themselves flat on their face. People would find themselves, when they were lame, they would be no longer lame, they would be healed. It's a place where God, in a very special way, would knit hearts together. He would release power in such a way 
that folks would cry out having heard the word of God, what must I do? The tabernacle was a just-in-case place. It's a place where, Bible says, it, it, where people who do not forsake the assembling together of themselves as a manner of some do during these COVID-19 days, where God says, not only will I be in the midst, but you will be able to encourage one another during these evil days. Anybody believe that we're living in, living in evil days? And so... We want to be in the place, this building. We're coming back because God does special things when his people come together in one place. Now, we grew up like me. I grew up in North Philadelphia, and there was always that place. It wasn't the safest place, and often it was the place your parents said, stay away from, but it was something about that special place where your friends would secretly meet sometimes. And, and, and I don't care how many times you were told, like me, not to go to that place. You just had to be there. And sometimes you would go there early, and you would stay late. And the reason you went, you went just in case, just in case a party broke out, or, or maybe somebody would have a good fight that you could talk about for a long time, or, 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 or maybe somebody would have something to drink that we could all pass around till you get down to the, you know, the, to now you're, you're, you're swapping, you know what. But it was that place that you just had to be. I want you to know that the house of God ought to be like that. A place where you arrive early and you want to stay late because just in case you hang around and you're there at the right time, God, God might show up and show out. Now, why should you want to come back to church, come back to the tabernacle, come back to the house of God, sanctified by God, anointed by God? I'm glad you asked. I want you to know that there's a difference between the presence of God and the glory of God. One of the things that we learn about the presence of God, the Bible says he's omnipresent. David said, if I send into the heaven, you're there. If I make my bed up in hell, if I take the wings of a dove, a bird, and I ascend into the sky, wherever I find myself, before I get there, you're already there. When I leave, you stay. But somehow, when I get to where I'm going, you're already there. He's always present at the same time. The presence of God is always everywhere. At the same time, in that same presence, the Bible says, he said, don't you understand that you are the temple, the house, the residence where God's spirit resides? And so his presence resides in every true born-again believer. We have all been baptized into the same spirit. Somebody say amen if you believe me. But not only have we all been baptized in the same spirit, Moses prayed after God had said in verses 1 through 6 in Exodus chapter 33, he said, I'm not going with you from this place. The generation that is going to die in the wilderness, I'm not leading them into the promised land. They'll die. And by the time they do enter into the new uh, land, the, Can the land of Canaan, all those under the age, over the age of 20 died. And a new generation, a second generation enters in. And so God says, I'm not going with that generation. And then Moses prayed in verse 14. He said, Lord, if you don't lead us, if you take your presence of direction away, don't let us take another step. I, I dare 
cannot take another step if you're not leading. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are also. He said, I don't want to go another step unless you. And so in verse 14, God said, I, I, I'll give you my presence. I promise you I will direct you. I promise you, Moses, I will be with you. Aren't you glad that God is with you? Aren't you glad his presence the Bible said that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons. Aren't you glad you had the presence of God living in you? But there's something beyond his presence. There's something deeper than just having him direct you. Moses says in verse 13, show me your glory. <laughs> show me your glory. I, I want a visible manifestation of your invisible attributes. I want a physical, tangible manifestation, an unveiling of what is often concealed. I want you to show me your divine nature. God, I want you to show off for your show, show off in my presence. I want to be closer. I want a deeper encounter with you. That's what the disciples experienced in John chapter 1. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and, and so that was the, the relationship between God the Son and God the Father in eternity past. But in verse 14 of that same chapter, the Bible said, And the Word became flesh, and he dwelled. His presence was among us. It doesn't stop there. And then it says, But we beheld the glow. Oh, yeah, his presence was with the disciples for three and a half years. But they also got a chance on occasion, not always, to have a look at his unveiled is revealed that had been concealed, a visible manifestation of God's invisible attribute. Sometimes they got to look at this glory. I can remember the story in Mark chapter 9. Jesus held a reveal service. It wasn't to reveal the, new, the, the sexual identity of a baby, but he wanted to reveal his glory. And so he didn't invite everybody. Sometimes you, everybody doesn't get a chance to experience the glory of the Lord. But he invited Peter, James, and John to the mountain where he was transfigured. Right before their presence, <laughs> the, the glory of the Lord came upon the physical presence of Christ where a, a radiant light shined in him and through him and around him, and it was so bright that it clothes literally glowed. And when Peter saw it, he said, oh, my God, I know. Because right at that same time, Moses and Elijah appear, Old Testament saints. And Peter said, I know they're supposed to be here. And, and I know the mountain belongs to God, but so I don't, why are we here? And Peter, understanding that he needed to worship to get this thing right, he said, should I build altars for, for all three? And the Lord God said, this is my beloved son, the one who has pulled back his human just a human representation of himself and giving you a glimpse of his radiance, of his glory, of the brightness, of his divine attribute, of his nature. This is the one who I am well pleased. The glory and the presence aren't the same. But sometimes to get to see the glory of the Lord, you've got to come to the tabernacle. You've got to be willing to be in the situation like Moses, just in case. I don't know if he'll show it to me. It won't hurt to ask, just in case God might decide that today he's going to pull back. Some of y'all remember when we were in school and you get in a fight, and they said you can't fight on school grounds. 
You get fight on school grounds, not only will you get turned, you get suspended, you might get expelled. It's a no tolerance a rule today. If you fight, and so sometimes people be calling you names, pushing, edging you, tipping, and your friends teasing you, and you know, uh, trying to trip you. I remember those days, and, and calling your mom out her name, and talking about your clothes, and your teeth big, and your head bigger than your teeth, and, and you hearing all that all day. But when you leave the school ground, you can say, hold my coat. I want you to understand what you're about to do is what Jesus did when the Bible says he went back into glory and the Bible said all power and authority is now in his hands. He said, now you can hold my coat. I had to conceal my divine attributes and my power and my perfections most of the time on earth, but sometimes I had to walk on water. Sometimes I had to feed the hungry. Sometimes I had to heal the dead. Sometimes I had to heal those who were demonically possessed. He was revealing not just his presence, but his glory. I don't know about you, but just in case, he might decide today. I don't know, uh, Brother Dontre, he might decide. I I'm just hoping that this may be one of those just-in-case days. Come on, Lord, show me your glory. I'm not content with just being in the building. I'm not just content with reading a Bible verse. Lord, show me. Show me. Show me. Somebody said that Texas or Tennessee is a show-me state. I don't care about no Tennessee. You might even be from there. But I want Jesus to be the show-me God. Show me your glory. Just in case, Tabernacle is a special place where God reveals not just his presence but his glory. There's really a difference between the presence of the Lord and the glory of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Now let's shut this down. How can you experience the glory of God during an, during an in-case, just-in-case moment? How can you experience the glory of God when COVID-19 is running rampant? When your bank account is looking funny? When, when racism and injustice is on the rampage, where violence is all around us, where lies are now considered truth, how can you experience the glory, the manifestation, the unveiling of the invisible God in a physical and tangible way. Sometimes I want a God I can feel. I want a God I can see. He'll unveil. He'll do it. Just, but this, and this may be that just in case in your circumstances. Here's the first thing that you need to do when you get a chance. Read five verses five and six in Exodus chapter 33. The Lord says, remove the ornaments. Remove the material things. If you want to see the glory of God, you need to strip away anything. That may be your laptop, that may be your computer, that may be your Twitter account, that may be your, uh, 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 what's some of these others, it may be your Facebook. It's, oh, that's the one I was, yeah, maybe stripping all of that away so that you can see the glory in, just, in that just-in-case moment. He said, strip away materialism. That's what our country has revealed more than anything else during this COVID virus. When we won't wear masks, we won't social distance, we won't wash our hands, he ain't telling me what to do. 
we're saying we worship at the idol of hedonism, of, of pleasure, of money, and, and importance, and prominence. That's what we care about more than God. I don't hear nothing about people talking about, let's return to God. We better repent because he'll heal our nation. I, this is a spiritual plague. Divine judgment is on us. Don't get this twisted. This ain't about no uh, uh, vaccine. It's not even about Donald Trump or, or Vladimir Putin. This is divine judgment on the world. Double hurricanes in the same location. Thousands of acres burning down at the same time. No response, no answer. Houses built where they shouldn't be built. People living where they shouldn't be living. Animals climbing on top. Oh, I mean, Lord, help us. Strip away anything that prevents you from pleasing God. Settling for convenience must not be an option. In verses 7, verse 7 and 8, it says, And the people remained in their houses, but Moses would travel a great distance to be in the temple. <laughs> see, see, it's going to be hard for some people to come back. It, it, we done gotten comfortable in our pajamas and bedroom slippers. We done gotten comfortable watching uh, a live stream while we're watching Scandal at the same time. We done multitask God where we done downsize the significance of the Lord. But if you want to see the glory, if, you, if you're not satisfied with the routine, mundane Christian life, you're going to need to not settle for convenience. Whatever it takes, you need to be willing to make your way to be where God might just show up in the midst of his people. Separate from others. The Bible says, and Moses pinched his tent outside of the camp to be nearer to the temple. You got to separate yourself. You ought to have a prayer closet somewhere. <laughs> you ought to have a place where you're going before God and you, lift, you don't have to come. I, I love praise and worship, but you ought to be lifting up holy hands in your house. You ought to be crying out to God somewhere. You ought to be running Chasing after God somewhere. You, if you seek him first, he'll give you the, the, all the things that we need. He'll add them to us. You ought to have a life that is set apart. And a set apart life is not just coming to church, but it is leaving our way of sin and being drawn closer to God. Somebody say amen. We're almost done. Sacrifice whatever it takes to experience the presence of the Lord. The Bible says that Moses had to travel a long distance. I remember I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and this was before uh, Bishop, Jake's, Bishop uh, Long got into trouble. His church uh, in, in Atlanta, we, had, we left our, the place where I was staying to get to a conference. We left at 3.30 a.m. in the morning to get to 8 o'clock service. They were so, see, and he, I said, what is this? Get me up 3.30 in the morning. I love Jesus, too, and I know all about the, the Lord got up in the wee hours in the morning, but I ain't Jesus the last I, when I, the last I know. But they got up 3.30, and then we get there, and they got cops and, 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 and crossing guards. The line, the line that we had to wait in, we waited for at least 45 minutes to get to the entrance of the church. 
And, and, and why, why did they do that? Because they did not want to miss that just-in-case moment at the place where God might show his glory. Before the pastor even got up to preach, there was such a presence of God. I want you to know that you can bring God with you based on that private time you've had with him in your closet. And by the time somebody gets next to you, the fire that's already lit in you will catch on to them. And then, it'll, oh, hallelujah. Whatever it takes, submit yourself to the move of God. The Bible says when Moses entered into the tabernacle, what would happen is the the, the, the cloud that had been leading them by day would hover over the tabernacle, over the church. I believe when the church of God comes, that God's covering comes upon the building. This is where his people are gathered. And then the Bible says, when he, as he entered in and the presence of God was being physically shown, so that, that the people could see that God was there, that God talked to Moses like a friend. Ah, oh, hallelujah. That's how God talks to us. Moses was special in that sense, but we are all a nation of priests, a royal priest. Oh, God, we can go face to face. And so Moses, while he was experiencing the presence of God and desiring the glory of God, he allowed the spirit. He submitted to what God. You can't orchestrate the move of God. Raise your hand if you love Jesus. Stomp five times if you love Jesus. Back up and turn and twist. You can't orchestrate the presence of God. But if you simply submit, even though we're not great in number today, if you simply let the spirit of God have his way, submit. Here's the final thing. We're done. Stay until the Holy Spirit releases you. Joshua, <laughs> the Bible said he would not leave. Have you ever gone to a service in the spirit of God? I'm talking about we got to put your pencil and pen down. When you, I mean, I don't know what you were doing before, but you just got to let close your Bible. And he said, I, and the spirit of God just so has you. I mean, you're, you, you're there, but you really aren't there. You may be driving, but you're not there. You may be talking, but you really aren't talking. You may, oh, somebody know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we get ahead. The Lord is moving, and, and, he, and he wants to reveal his glory, and, and you don't get permission to leave his presence. But we, we, we rush, and we're looking at our clock, and we wonder what we got more things. We got to get home and cook. We got to get home and be with our family. We got another schedule. And God said, okay, you can have your plans, but I'm going to withhold my glory. Joshua said, just in case, I'm going to stay <laughs> until the Holy Spirit releases you. Don't you move. Don't you open your mouth. Don't you doubt God. Don't you tell the Holy Spirit what he can't do. Stay right there. Some of you had this experience. You've heard about an entertainer. Maybe it was back in the day, Jane Brown or the Temptations some special performer, and you wanted to go to that concert. And by the time you decided to get your ticket, they were all sold out. Isn't that interesting? Beyonce says she's coming to town, and within 40, 28 hours, 24 hours, every ticket is sold. They don't care about no COVID. They're going to figure out how to get to where Beyonce is. And then by the time you go get your Beyonce, beyond time you get your ticket, they, they're not there. And then all your buddies somehow got the ticket. 
And then they come back and they say, man, let me tell you. And you like, you hear what they experienced and how great it was. And it was really what you thought it was going to be. And you don't feel too good about that because you missed that just-in-case moment. We had a just-in-case moment last Sunday after Minister Will preached. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I tried to talk to Brother Bryant. He said, I got to go, Pastor. I said, what do you mean you got to go? I'm talking to you. He said, no, uh-uh, uh just in case. So he leaves, he drops the phone, comes into the sanctuary, and I find out later that the Spirit of God, hallelujah, the glory of God broke out in the temple. When I heard that, I said, I got to get back. I got to come. I, I don't know what God is going to do, but I, I don't want to miss just in case, just in case the glory of the Lord is revealed today, I hope you don't miss it while in his tabernacle. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus.